Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip focuses on the garbage in, garbage out principle. Plus, an interview with roofing and water restoration expert, Paul Holmes. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. All right, we are back with another episode of the Ask Philip podcast, and I have my friend Paul Holmes today. Paul is a uh, roofer, and what we're going to do, y'all, is we're going to get straight into it because I don't know about you, like the roofing process is consistently like, like I don't understand how it works, right? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know who pays for what. I don't know, um, you know, I just, I don't know how it works. So Purdy Homes Constructions. They, they, they and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Paul. Do y'all just do roofing, or do y'all do a lot of different other things? First off, thank you for having me, Philip. Um, you know, roofing is a majority of our business. Uh, the other side is we do um, reconstruction, so water restoration. Which I know I meant to call you this week to see how your house is coming along. It really, and the reason we do both of those is. Um, you know, twofold. One roof is is a very important item on someone's house. I think people should take it very seriously. Um, but the most important is is really understanding our insurance and and getting it covered, and you know, understanding the payment of it, and and doing the right thing for the customer. So the the roofs and putting a house back after a water damage is is really the focus. But I would say we do. You know, eighty-five percent roofs, fifteen percent uh, water damage. We we don't we don't promote the water damage. I just come from the high-end custom home building, so I just get customers that I've had forever that refer me out to people that have homes that were damaged. Because you know, imagine the roof being complicated. As you know, when you get a damaged water damaged house, there's so many moving parts and. You know, the work itself is fine, but it's it's getting the insurance to write it up correctly. Uh, that's why we have insurance, and, and to get it done correctly is the key. Um, you just don't want to sacrifice quality uh, just because the insurance wrote it up incorrectly, and, and you don't know that they wrote it up incorrectly. So that, that's our value add is is really making sure the insurance is correct, so that we can you know maximize uh, putting the house back or roof back on whatever the damage is. For, for the customer yeah no that 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 makes sense it uh um and i wish i would have known you did water restoration because we you know we call who do we call we call it surf pro and uh yeah they, they bring those machines in there and they're like well, we don't really know how much it's gonna cost i mean good thing we got some honest guys I, I'm, I'm assuming right yeah Cause they were like they they gave us a you know estimate because we paid out of pocket because our deductible was i think it was like two percent or something like that and so, uh, right. and it didn't require that much. So, um, but they gave us a higher quote than what they thought, and then it was lower. So I like that. Uh, and they they yeah. uh, got the stuff out sooner than what we thought. But the point when, when they were there, I was like, man, they don't keep these things in our house, you know, and just keep racking up this <laughs> bill every day, and they can't tell me. Yeah. I was like, this is stressful. <laughs> so yeah, well, and that that's what happened. We 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 don't do that part because yeah. I you know to be brutally honest, I don't want to be on call 
you know, usually the majority of water damages happen at the most you know, unopportune time at middle of the night or when someone's out of the house. Right. So, uh, we, we follow companies like surf pro cause that, that, that's the thing we, you know, surf pro will come in. They, they have to take out anything that's water damaged. They have first rights. They explain it to the insurance or the homeowner. Um, it, you know, not, not to sound jaded, but at a certain point you don't know how much is damaged until they start getting in there and doing the water tests. And, and those machines are, you know, loud and obnoxious and annoying, but it's a small price to pay for, for making sure your, your house is taken care of. One of our, as you know, one of our biggest assets investments that, that we make. So it, it, it is a process, but yeah, we, we focus on, you know, once, once the water restoration companies are done, it's like, Oh man, I, I got to get this back. And you don't want to put lipstick on us on duct tape to get your house back to where it was. Got it. Okay. So, so, so in our yeah. case, if, if the damage was, if they were, you know, cause our damage was like, I guess minimal, but if it were, if, if it was really bad where right. we had to pull out the baseboards and all that, that's when y'all would have come in and fixed up all that. Right. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So like we have, uh, you know, I know off topic real quick, but a, a home in prosper that I built back in 2005, I think Uh great family, huge, huge property, um, yeah, the homeowner's great, uh, very attentive. He actually, they were out of town for three weeks. He turned the water off at the street as he usually does. Um, and he started to drain some of the water, but they had to get out of town. Long story short, their front loader washing machine out of all things, the solenoid that tells the computer to turn on the water when you, when you do your laundry, it, it broke. So it thought someone pressed the on button and it just filled up with the remaining water under a, you know, 8,000 square foot slab Ooh. and all that water came out of the washing machine into this custom home and, you know, walnut custom floors, custom kitchen cabinet, countertops, media room. So that, <clears throat> that ended up, it's, it's a, it's a high six figure restoration, you know, reconstruction tab. And that, that's when, that's when our value add comes in. We can put those back uh, usually better than it was before. But the main thing is to need somebody to work with the insurance to say, no, that's not a standard three inch baseboard. It's a, you know, one by eight with a PM six cap. And those are, you know, walnut cabinets and or, or maple cabinets and walnut floor and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Cause you know, technically, you know, do it in quotes, your, your only responsibility is, is your deductible. The, the amount of damage is, is irrelevant. So you want to make sure that, you know, you, you put the house back as it was prior to the incident. And that, that's why we have insurance. It's, yeah, yeah, it's you, a daily conversation I have with people, but none of us, you know, it's like, the, it's like my dad taught me, you know, tires, tires are cheap insurance. We're always driving around. You don't want to, you got one good one and three bad ones. You don't, you just, just go ahead and get four good ones on there and be done and move forward. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's not if it's when we use it, then you appreciate the insurance, but it, it stinks paying our premiums. But when you have to use it, you know, that, that's the value of it is okay. Make, make sure we're, we're taken care of. And, and, and that's honestly our focus, Philip is, you know, I don't chase dollar amounts. We, 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 we pride ourselves in doing the right thing for the customer. And, and I'm very upfront and honest, like even with the roofing, it, it's ugly. You know, you it's a construction zone. It's loud. It's obnoxious. Yes, we do the best we can. Yes, we clean up. But 
you know, in, in restoration, it's, it's the hardest part is getting through the insurance. It's, it is, you know, in my industry, nothing is uh, quick and easy. Wham, bam, we're out of there. And, and uh, everything's hunky dory. It's, you know, very honest about the process because I, a, I think that's the right thing to do is be very vocal and communicative towards our customer and because it's their property, right? It's their, it's their home. Um, and the, the, the least amount of time we're there and, and, and quality of work is, is it's a win-win for everybody, but you know, we're not going to rush something just to get out of there. Some things take some time and it's a process and, and it's a, I always call it the domino effect. You know, you've got to, you can't just throw a trade in there to throw a trade in there. You've got to do it you know, the proper way and to make, make it make sense for all parties. And, and then it's the end result, right? Phil, like we've talked before in, in a weird way, I always I look at every job as, as like playing pool. It's, we all know the eight balls got to get in, in, in the pocket, but you've got to, you've got to know which ball to hit before you get to the eight ball. It's the same thing on, on project management for, for, you know, roofs or storm damage or, or water restoration. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to get a painter in there before the sheetrock's done. You know, just, just little dumb things like that. Just, just to have activity does not mean it's, it's productive. So having somebody who really cares and understands that we are a nuisance in people's homes, it, it, it brings value. And, and I do not sugarcoat. Like I'm, I met a guy just the other day that said on a, on a crazy steep pitch roof, He's like, hey, this other company guaranteed me no shingles will fall off onto the ground. And I said, sir, how, how else do shingles come off of the roof? You know, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's false. Like, I, I'm not going to tell you that. Like, it's going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. You know, so just being honest. Like, I don't understand. You know, I've talked, Philip. I don't understand how, you know, people just try to make things seem cookie cutter easy when, some jobs aren't. So. They, they take the shortcut, the shortcut route. So I understand now, I guess you guys are, and this is an imperfect analogy, but very similar to a personal injury attorney. You get in an accident, people are like, well, why do I need an attorney? Well, because the insurance company is going to short shortchange you most likely on what you're going to get. Right. And so so um, roofing is similar where you're like, hey, if, if you need to do something, they're very likely going to shortchange you because that's, I'm not saying it's their job, but... You know, they have shareholders and, you know, they have all these claims and the only way to make money once you put the contract in place and you got fixed premiums coming in is to not pay out as much as you, you know, not pay out, not pay out if you don't have to. Well, yeah. You know, what I tell people is, you know, nothing against the insurance. It it really, and there's several, you know, you've got to get an adjuster that shows up. The adjusters are great. Uh, They are, majority of them are, are well, they're all trained by their, their insurance provider or their, their third-party company that they work for that is contracted out by the big insurance firms to do their adjusting. But at the end of the day, you know, like I explained, I have this conversation with a lot of adjusters. It's nothing against them. It's just they've never done the work, meaning they're trained on what damage should look like. They're trained on the system that, they, that we work off of. You know, they come out, they validate that there is – storm damage on a roof or obviously water damage in a house. But, um, you know, and then they, the claim is only as good as the adjuster writes it up. And, and if you've never physically done the work, you can't fault them for missing. Like I always tell people, you know, 
writing up a claim, if you go A, B, C, G, L, Q, and Z, there's a lot of little things that need to get done that are the right way to do it. And it's a necessity to get it done. So why is it not on, on the write-up? Um, and, and that's where, where we come in is, you know, it has nothing to do with, oh, I want to get as much on here so I can make more money. It's I'm just not willing to put on a roof if they're missing things and, and the homeowner doesn't know. And so I, I don't go back and do it. Well, that, that's not the right thing for the homeowner. We, we have insurance for a reason. And so you just, you know, I'm a non-confrontational person, but you can educate people on, on the process. And now, you know, every insurance has their own rules and regulations. So we work around it, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, my, my true belief is we all pay for our insurance to put it back, you know, like it was prior to the to the storm or the incident. Why, why should we have a contractor cut corners or or not even know when the contractor cut corners and then things happen and the contractor says, "Oh, well, it wasn't on the insurance write up." Well, that that's not fair to you or to the homeowner because they don't know they don't know the process and they shouldn't know the process. You know. No, make, so make, make, um, makes complete sense. And you started answering. You, know, you, you kind of started answering question number two. Like, how do I know if I need a new roof? I guess so you, you have an adjuster. So, and I have two questions on this. Like, so what is the adjuster looking at to know if you had, you know, damage from like a storm or something? And l- let's say the adjuster says, um, yeah, your damage, uh, your damage is worth 5000 But then you come in and you say, no, nah, you missed some things. It's worth 3000 How does that get reconciled? So I know it was two questions, but those are what I was thinking when you were talking. Sure. No. Yeah. So let, yeah, let's, we can even back up and, 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 and kind of the, the first and second question work hand in hand. So obviously, um, you know, I don't want homeowners getting on their own roof to try to look for, for damage that, that that's, <laughs> that's not their place. Uh, but you know, key signs are, you know, uh, the obvious is, and the most successful because it's way obvious is if we're in a hailstorm and people are taking video of, of you know, three, four, five, six inches of hail that's collecting in their yard and windows are breaking. You know, th- those are the obvious. So you, you know, then know. Okay, let me let me get a roofer out there. The the scary thing about hailstorms, and and I I honestly lose sleep over it, is not because you know, I'm going to have a great year that year. It's, I know that people are going to get taken advantage of because every, every Tom, Dick and Harry roofing company will come in and, and, and they, they just, they hound the areas. We have technology that tells us where the hell storms hit. So we can go literally driving people that are listening, probably be like, Oh my gosh, that's what happened to me. You know, it'd be a hell storm. And People are surprised when roofers that they've never even heard of are driving that community that afternoon or first thing that next morning. And they're like, how in the world did you know? <laughs> it, it, it's all documented. It's, it's, it's the, you know, there's a hell claim. There's a, there's a hell track that we have. But uh, like I tell people and my customers, we do a lot of referrals. That's my preference because A, are you leaking? If you're leaking, we'll jump on it immediately and, and get you dried in. Um and then, you know, file, file an insurance claim. It's, it's really up to the insurance, uh, in my opinion, to, to, to start the process because they have to approve it anyways. Even if I gave somebody a bid, they still have to come out and validate that there was storm damage and then the process works. The, the harder ones are 
Like this year, we haven't had that much hail, but we've had a lot of crazy rain and, and high winds. Mm. So our deductible for our roof portion, like I tell people, it is its own entity underneath our homeowner policy. That's why it's its own little deductible. It's the wind and hail portion of our homeowner's policy because that is the only portion of our homeowner's policy that we are not at fault for, meaning it is up to mother nature to do whatever she wants to do. And sometimes she can, she can be crazy and she's just going to do whatever she wants to do. There's absolutely nothing a homeowner can do to save their property from mother nature. Um, you know, the other side of that is if my kids, you know, are playing in the sink and clog it and water overflows and floods my house, or I'm talking on the phone and I, whatever, back up into my house or garage door, you know, those type of deals, you know, you might get a little love letter that says, Hey, you know, Mr. Holmes, you're a, you're an at-risk homeowner policy. We're going to increase your premium. So when it comes to the wind and hail portion, um, they legally cannot increase your premiums for filing a roof claim. So that's something that I always tell people. Um, so yeah, you, you know, just another common commonality is if all of a sudden you see these goofy roofing signs all over the neighborhood, you know, sometimes people are out of town and they're like, why are all these roofs getting repaired or, or replaced? And that's a sign. So, you know, the, what we do and we've talked about it, Philip is, is call someone reputable, call, get a reference, get a referral. Um, you know, my personal opinion is, is don't pick somebody that knocked on your door at nine o'clock at night that says, Oh, I'll give you a free roof. Like that, that, <laughs> you know, that's a big question mark. I mean, if you think about it, our roof protects our asset, like not even, not even our personal property, but interior damages, sheetrock, insulation, floors, uh, personal property and our, our, our loved ones, right? I, you know, our home is our biggest asset and probably our bigger assets are our, is our family, the ones that live underneath there. So it, it concerns me when people just go with whomever just to get a free roof and, you know, every business should make money. And if they cut corners to make a dollar, a homeowner won't know until it leaks and that, that phone number they called is is gone. You know, they throw that in the trash and moved on to the next storm. So Yeah, I remember you telling me uh, that. Like you, I always you, say you, my... You you're saying yeah. some folks come out of town, create a number, you know, throw up some roofs yep. and then just disappear. That's yep. crazy. Yeah, you know, and, and not, nothing against it, it's it's my own joke. So nothing against PCS Mobile, but I always say PCS Mobile is a roofer's best friend. And you come in town, you get a quote unquote local number. It's a non contractual uh, phone. You know, you work three, four, five, six, whatever months you want, depending on the storm. And when it's done, they've made their money. They will literally get rid of that phone number and you don't know it. You know, I mean, I mentioned one time and it was, it was the strangest question I've ever had, but it was when I figured it out, it was probably the best question I was ever asked. And it was this, it was a referral. So it was a warm lead, went to the gentleman's house. He was older, uh, set up a time knocked on his door. He answered the door and I said, Hey, Mr. So-and-so Paul Holmes. He said, Hey, nice to meet you. So let me ask you something. He said, how long have you had your phone? And I said, Oh gosh, I, you know, I don't know. I just, I hate these things. I, you know, every couple, three years, whenever it's, you know, not working, I always get convinced to upgrade. So I don't know which one this is. He said, no, 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 no. I don't care about the phone. He said, how long have you had your phone number? Mm. And I said, Oh, well, I've had this phone number. I, I moved to Dallas in 1997. So since 1997, he said, great, where's the contract? And I'll sign it. That's a and good I question. Went, yeah. Okay. So I, 
went through it and I still did my, my, my ordeal. And I got in my truck and I was like, why does he care about? And then it dawned on me. I was like, he probably got scammed the last roof he had. I was like, you know what? That was probably the best question I've ever been asked in my career. Cause it's true. I, my personal cell phone, which I give my customers, I have had since 1997. So that tells you I'm not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was, it was, it was one of those confusing light bulb moments of my career, you know, I was like, man, that was pretty smart. Yeah, so, and I bet in your um, business, like te- testimonials are, are, are huge, you know, on your social media or website or wherever. And specifically if it's right. lo- local, cause that, that probably matters a lot. Well, and I tell people I live in a world where, you know, no, no one, you know, I hope they don't, but no one, you know, dreams at 11, 12 o'clock at night and is surfing the web and they're like, gosh, I really want a new roof. Let me, let me look at roofs. <laughs> it's more, you need a roof. It's, it's a, it's an emergency thing. And so really I live in a world of validation, right? Like I'm not selling t-shirts. I'm not selling inventory. I'm selling our services and our reputation. So it's, Hey, you've got this great guy. He's really did, did us right. He did great work. Call Paul at Purdy Homes Construction. They get online. They go, oh, yeah, he has a website. Oh, yeah, he's with BBB. Oh, yeah, he's he's A plus accredited. Oh, that's great. Okay, let me call him. Like that's that's it. Like we just we live out of a world of validation, which is the right thing to do in my industry. But you know, there's there's no fancy bells and whistles that we offer. (laughs) So I hope nobody's shopping for a roof. Because my my opinion, and we've talked about this, Philip, is. You know, it's not if, it's when in the, in our DFW Metroplex that someone's going to get a roof. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I said, Mother Nature, we're just in that area where, you know, she 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 hits us. And, and so, uh, you know, it, it's it's a it's, it's a I guess it's 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 strange to make a living off of Mother Nature because you never know what she's going to do. But, um, you know, good or bad, she blesses us. Um, yeah, you know, the ones that scare me are the ones that are like. You know, softball, baseball size hill. I mean, that I don't want anybody to get injured. But like I mentioned to people, usually if we get a decent hailstorm, you get a roof and gutters and fence stain. Like you're getting an upgrade. You know, you're you're getting a, a remodel, and and you know, you you just deal with a deductible and 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 it, it's 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 a great. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to pay a, a small price to have a roof and a gutters and a, and, a, and a fence redone, right? You're like, oh, that makes sense. So, so and, I have to explain that to people too. And this is a side note before I get to my closing questions because this is, this is a random thought that came to my head. But I know you've probably seen it. What about what does hell and all that do to people that have these solar panels on their roof? Does that like mess that up too? I bet it's expensive to fix. Well, I'll tell you. So. Um, you know, the insurance will pay for whatever's damaged, you know, it has to be damaged, but we, we put on, uh, depends on the homeowner. You know, we don't install solar panels. We deal with taking them off and reinstalling them, the brackets, once we re, re replace the roof. But I, I'll tell you those, whoever the astronaut engineer that invented and made these solar panels, they are so endurable. Like we even do a lot of, I do, uh, solar panel vents so what they are is instead of having an electric vent for your attic you know the turtle shell on the outside you got to wire them sometimes people have them the wiring isn't even good uh but the solar vents they're they're still the same vent but it's a solar powered on top and i've been we've been through storms that the roof windows were broken skylights were shattered 
and we go look at those, you know, little tiny solar vents, uh, the panels on the solar vents, and they're they're not even scratched. Like it, it blows my mind, you know. So, but at the end of the day, it, you know, anything that's busted from the storm, it it's 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 on the insurance. I even walk through people after a major storm, and I walk them through the house, and I say, "Hey, was." Any of your patio furniture busted? They're like, yeah, actually, we had a glass table that shattered. Okay, well, what about your chairs? Like, people don't realize that that is part of the claim. It's under personal property, and so you know, you take the time and and, and educate people on on the right thing that we're we're you know what we're covered for. It's just the right thing to do, you know. And, and you know, I like to inform people of that. So. You know, but yes, solar panels, I, I don't know what they're made out of, but my gosh, they are resilient. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Well, well, it's pretty impressive. Well, well, listen, this is this is a great podcast idea. I would love to listen to a podcast, and I probably would never listen until I have some sort of, um, you know, Mother Nature event. But if I can go to a podcast right. where it says, oh, here's a story of a client that had this happen, right? And then it's a story. It not to be long. It'd be seven minutes. That would be a great podcast. It can be like called Ask Paul. What? Sure. There it is. Yeah. It, bur- it got birthed Let's do it. today. So, um, so there here, you go. Here, here's the last question. I'm adding this new format, so you're, you'll be my first uh, first guest to answer it. But I'm, 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 I'm a big principles guy. And I'm like, I ought to start finding out what other people's principles are because I'm curious. So what, what are some of the guiding principles uh, that you live by and how did you develop those principles? Sure. Well, I think our, our first is, is first and foremost, our customers. I mean, I think, uh, you know, without customers and referrals from our customers, I, I can't provide for my, my wife and three kids. So, and one principle that I live by um, and I tell people, you know, cause it, it, it gets a little, Harry, sometimes when people we start talking about deductible and what you can do about a deductible, well, I don't want to pay a deductible and I want this instead of that, or I don't, I don't want to pay my deductible and I want an extra something, something, something. Well, at the end of the day, you know, I, I've got to sleep at night. Like I have a wife and three kids. I, I do something dumb or illegal for one person. I get audited, which we do, and I get caught. It's just not worth it to me. So I, you know, customers first. Um, doing the right thing for them, and then really just being being able to sleep at night, knowing that I did the right thing for the customer, I did the right thing for my family, and as simple as that sounds, it it comes in handy day in and day out of my life. You know and that that's not just in business; that's just in general. It's like, hey, someone needs help with this. I'm like, okay, no, I, I can help with that. I can I can donate this, and it <clears throat> it's the right thing to do as a society and. And then, you know, I believe in karma, it comes back to my family. So, but back to the business principles, you know, I'm sure people say this, but I I truly mean it. And I think you've heard me talk before. I mean, the customer is my priority. It's not the money. It's not trying to argue with the insurance. It's doing right for the customer because they don't know. And they, it's not their job to know, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and I think where it came from is obviously my upbringing, uh, family life, but come, you know, and something I guess I need to talk about, very important. I come from the high, high end custom home building side. And I mean, we're talking monster homes, high profile clients. They're all great. 
but you know, nothing short of perfection, you know, and, and you have to balance in, in, in construction, there's a fine balance between perfection and reality. We're dealing with humans and materials and neither one of those are, are, are perfect, right? So mm-hmm. you have to balance the expectations and, and, and the workmanship. And the reason I got into roofing had nothing to do with, oh, I'm going to get into roofing to make money. It was even when I was building custom homes, I'd have friends that had to have roofs and they'd ask me questions and they'd ask me, well, this guy wants you know, my insurance check up front just to get me on the schedule a month down the line. And just a lot of weird red flags were, were kind of kicking in my head, Philip. And so after you know, a handful of those, you know, the next one that came in, I said, you know what, let, let me deal with it. Let, let me figure this out. And I, I had a, a guy that partnered up with for a brief stint and taught me the insurance side. And then once I figured that out, it, it just was more of a calling than, oh, I'm going to be a roofer. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of roofing companies, people get unemployed. I, I get that and respect that. So they, they get into roofing because that's another misconception. You don't have to have a license to be a roofer in the state of Texas, which mm. is scary. Um, so you just really need to do your due diligence on when you hire somebody. But, you know, coming from the high end, caring about the customer, customer satisfaction, you know, great communication skills, explaining the process and, and why we do this and why we do that, showing them the materials just so that they see what has been delivered is what is going on the roof. Cause I talked about it before signing a contract and, you know, just taking it seriously. I mean, the, the scary reality, reality is, you know, majority of the homes in our Metroplex, you can put on in a day, day and a half at the most. And, homeowners will leave for work and they come back in the evening and they're like, wow, roof is on. looks great. Well, they don't know what, what was put on underneath and if they covered up something or whatever. So I think it's just the trust factor and the communication. I take pictures out the wazoo, Philip, like just to show homeowners, like, Hey, you had we replaced two sheets of decking. That's on me. I already have that covered, but I want you to see where they were just, just for, for your knowledge and what it looked like before and what we did afterwards. We put new decking. We put ice and water shield around the chimney. We put new flashing. We did new counter flashing, and this is the after. And they go, oh, my gosh, great. They go, do I owe you anything? I'm like, no, no, no. I just want you to know. I mean, it's, it's their home. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to know things that they don't know about because – I hope homeowners don't get on the roof. You know, some do, and I've had to have some some therapy sessions to get them off the roof because they, they panic. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just the simple fact of of taking care of people, treating them as if you would want to be treated. And I know that philosophy is unfortunately leaving our society, but I, I guess just my upbringing and my my soul, I, I'm just I'm not going to change my ways on on taking care of my customers. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, I, uh, I, I, I love it, man. I'd rather, put, I'd rather put the pressure. I, I like the pressure on me. You know, the pressure on me is, is to do the right thing. And if that's my pressure, then, then, then things are great. Cause I know I'm going to do the right thing. So no, I appreciate it. And, and, and no, and I, and I like it. And I like, I like that. I asked this question. I like that you answered. I'm going to ask it. I'm going to add, I'm going I'm to incorporate this because yeah. And, and you've been in business long enough to just know that, you know, early on, when people hear about doing the right thing, you know, versus and they're just starting out in business and they need money, you know, they they haven't seen it in action of how the, you know, how the blessings of doing the right thing will help them five years from now, but also the negatives will hurt them five years from now. 
And so, um, so yeah, no, I, 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 you know, it gets easier to trust in that process as you've been in business for a long time, like, like you. So, um, thanks for, right. thanks for sharing. No, absolutely. Um, well, let everybody, if anybody's interested in, in getting a hold of you and, or, 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 uh, learning more about you and your company, how can they best reach you? Yeah, I would say go to the website and, um, it's, it's Purdy Homes Construction. And just to be clear, Purdy is my wife's maiden name. So P-U-R-D-Y and then my last name is Holmes, H-O-L-M-E-S Construction. You know, we get, I actually just got an email the other day. They put Purdy Homes as an H-O-M-E-S. So it's not, it's not a house. It's my last name. <laughs> didn't mean to make it a, didn't mean to make it a play on words. It's, it's literally my wife's maiden name of Purdy and, and my last name of Holmes. Uh, so Purdy Homes Construction, you know, check us out. Uh, there's an info sheet if you need fill out and come out and inspect your roof or, um, you know, there's the Instagram and Facebook. My marketing company does that because I'm, I'm behind the times on figuring that stuff out, but I know it's, it's important for, to be out in front of people and, and, and a lot of people communicate that way. So, um, any of those communications come to us, uh, phone numbers, um, on the website. If, if, if it's a referral, someone will give my personal cell phone and that's perfectly fine. But you know, website is probably the best place to start. All right, Paul. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out to share and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, everybody. Philip, have a great day. All right, you too, Thanks Paul. for the opportunity. All right, okay. my, my pleasure. Thanks for coming. Hey, so I, I have a book. I don't talk about it a lot, but I have a book on Amazon, Retirement Investing 101. You can buy you a copy by going through Amazon. I'm pretty sure you can get it on barnesandnoble.com as well. But I have a free PDF copy that I'm giving away on my website, stonehillwealthmanagement.com. Scroll to the middle of the page, click the link. And you can get a free copy. Why am I doing it? Because there's so many people out here that are getting bad information on investing. And the money I make off the book is nothing. I don't, I don't need to make money on the book. I wrote the book to give people a simple step-by-step guide on how to figure out how much money they need to retire comfortably, how to build an investment portfolio to reach that goal, how to know how much to save how to factor in the things that you can't control, like what happens to Social Security or taxes or whatever. I wanted to say, hey, listen, there's a lot of noise, but here's a book organized for you, step-by-step for what you need to build and manage a retirement portfolio. So it's no cost on my website. Get your free PDF copy if you want to. Feel free to buy a copy if you want to, too. But if you don't want to buy a copy, like get a free PDF copy. It's on my website. I put it on there just for you to do that. Thanks. Before we get into the questions, we're going to do a principle a week. Basically, for those of you, I don't even know if I actually mentioned it, but the podcast that I started a couple of years ago was really a project that will allow me to write my second book, which is Ask Philip, so a bunch of questions. And I've probably answered, I don't know, hundreds of questions already. And I have enough material for the next book, which will, you know, I'm pretty sure soon I'll start the process of breaking that up and organizing it and creating a book. But now I'm into principles because when you're looking at life, whether it's being healthy, working out, eating healthy, being a good father, being a good husband, building a successful business, building wealth, if you know the core principles that make you successful and the core principles that 
that make you unsuccessful, you can apply those to every aspect of life because the principles don't change, but how you apply them in different areas do. And so now that I have a lot of the technical stuff out of the way on on the investing part for this next book, I want to go deep because a lot of people make bad decisions with their money because they they haven't been exposed to the basic principles. And so I'm going to start building out the the next principles book within this podcast. I'm still going to answer questions. I'm still going to have that in there too, but I'm going to start adding the principles because I need that for my next book. So first principle. Garbage in, garbage out. So here's something interesting too. What made me think of this, because I journaled too, was I, I took Facebook off my phone maybe like two or three weeks ago because you know, leading up to, to, the, to this election, it just was, my energy was off. I just, I just was tired of like my energy being off for a lot of different reasons. So I was like, you know what? This is a, a source of bad energy. So let me cut, take Facebook off my phone. I already, I, I don't watch news. Like I only watch CNBC and I barely watch that. I watch that as little as possible just to know what a client might call and ask me about. But I've also figured out cheat around that by just, a few little newsletters that'll tell me daily, like what's the hot news, and I could dig in deep. Or I want to dig in deep, but most of the time, nothing's really changing. It's just noise, and so I took off Facebook because it is the epitome of noise. Y'all don't want to, you know. Back in the day, we didn't get to hear what everybody thought, you know. And I think that was good. And so I was like, I don't care what you think. Let me go to take off Facebook. So, and, and what it did over the last two, three weeks was it allowed garbage to not come in my head and and allow me to be more clear, be less confrontational, have more peace. And so it got me thinking about the whole garbage in, garbage out principle, which you can apply to your mind, right? So in your mind, this is the Facebook example is an example of your mind. So what you listen to, what you read, what you talk about, who you talk to, what you watch is going to influence your mental health. So if you're, if you're inputting a lot of negativity, noise, inaccurate thoughts, opinions that rile emotions out of you, things that are detracting you from the important things that you want to accomplish in life. If you're putting that in your head, then you're not going to you're not going to get the things you want out of it, right? So what what goes in comes out in mental said a different way. When I talk to people who are the most positive, the most the, the best energy, and I think one of the things that we don't really talk about a lot is the nonverbal communications. I know you've always, you've probably met somebody and you felt their energy and you either really, really liked them and felt positivity or you might've felt negative energy, but that energy comes from like, what, what does that person put into their head? Like what, what goes in? Cause it's going to end up coming out, whether it comes out in their actions or what they say, or a lot of times just an energy because you're not going to be able to hide the energy no matter what. So that's an example for the mind. Body is obvious, right? Garbage in, garbage out. If you if you put in bad foods, you're not going to be healthy, right? Also, if you don't take care of your body, because our body needs exercise, uh, if you don't take care of it, then you're going to have all kind of problems that comes from, you know, problems that come up from not taking care of your body, diseases, joint issues, injuries and all that kind of stuff but mind and body in my opinion when you put mind and body together if you if you're feeding the mind correctly 
you're taking care of the body correctly, it's going to impact your soul, right? And, and what is your soul? Like, it's not some, in, in my opinion, it's not some religious type of deal. Like, the soul is like you, like who you are at the core of everything. So when you strip out the money, the houses, the people, all these thoughts, when you get to a, a, the core of who you are, right, that's, that's, that's your soul, your inner you. And by having good habits around what you're putting into your mind and how you're taking care of your body and what you're putting in your body, you can feed and affect your soul. And, and, and your soul is, is what gives off that energy. Again, going back to what I said before, whenever you meet somebody and you feel a positive or a negative energy, you're, you're feeling their soul, right? And, I, and I, you know, just like we have science today on, you know, some of these health stuff that we didn't know 40 years ago, I think 50 years from now, we're going to have research on like how to affect the soul more because it's not talked a lot about, right? It's either talked about in a mystical way in religion with like no real explanation, but I think there's a science to it, if, if you will, of, of how to feed your soul. So how does this apply to money? Right? How does how does garbage in, garbage out um, principle apply to money? Because you know this is a podcast on money too. Whenever your soul is not right, if if your soul is not right because you're not feeding your mind and your body appropriately, uh, is it's going to affect your money. It, it, it can't not. So, for example, if your soul is not right and you allow envy to creep in, envy is jealousy. I want what others have. That leads to overspending. Right. And overspending is a great way to be broke because you spend more than what comes in and you just do the math like that's not good or insecurity. Right. If you allow insecurity into your soul because y- you need outside validation, you you need to drive X car or live in this spot or be seen on Instagram at this pl- at this expensive place that's outside of your means. Right. If, if you're if you're if you're constantly looking for validation outside of yourself that also leads to overspending, which again, is not a great way to build wealth. Fear, right? Fear leads to inaction. I know a lot of people who are uh, so afraid of whatever, being poor or making the bad decisions or looking dumb. Like it's lots of different fears, but their fear leads them to do nothing. They're like, well, I'm so afraid I'm not going to go talk to a CPA. I'm not going to uh, go do my estate plan to protect, you know, what I built. I'm not going to go talk to an insurance agent. I'm not going to go start an investment portfolio because I'm, I'm like a fear versus saying, all right, you know, fear is normal. And I, and I personally feel like everybody has fear, but when you learn to master the fear and say, okay, what is the fear telling me? Right. You know, or what am I afraid of breaking it down? Oh, I'm afraid of not being, you know, getting taken advantage of. Okay. Well, What's the next step? You, you get educated. You get some referrals. You talk to people. But you don't let fear not let you take action, right? Keep taking action and, and master the fear. But fear will leave you with like somebody who, I mean, a lot of people who are 50 years old, 55 years old, 60 years old, with not enough money saved because they let fear get in the way of taking plan on the action, right? Or an unlimited amount of people die, you know, all every day without an estate plan because they feared having the tough conversation about what happens when that day happens. Greed, right? Greed is a big one. Greed is going on right now. Greed is what what causes people to search for lottery tickets, 
you know, versus investing in the tried and true things. So, so what do I mean by greed? So you have a lot of people right now who, you know, are, are, are falling for this scam where they say, okay, if you put in X amount of money, the next month you get a lot more. And when you, and, and when it, when it's basically like a Ponzi scheme and there's no like business, like you're not investing in anybody's business. You're just putting money in and getting it out. And so when it's explained, I'm like, well, when you heard that didn't sound too good to be true. They're like, yeah, but greed took over, right? They, you know, a lot of people fall for short term money or, or they'll take a course on how to trade options and day trade and hear about people making all this, you know, money every single day, but they don't take a step back and say, man, okay, A, yeah, there are people who do it, but 99% of the people, uh, you know, lose their money. And am I the 1%? And, and you got to do the hard work to figure out, are you the 1%? And are you willing to put the work in of, of being the 1%? Because just because it's possible doesn't mean it's the right path for you. But there's a whole lot of people who go into day trading um, saying, yeah, I'm going to be the 1% versus going a different route that will help them build wealth better. Like saying, hey, this is what I do for a living. I'm good. I like it. Why don't I try to double my income doing this and then just invest more into a boring portfolio and you'll be richer over time by doing that. But greed takes over and so they want to do the short-term lotto ticket versus a tried and true long-term boring way to build wealth. And by the way, when I meet people who have built and kept wealth, they all did it in a boring way. Like lotto ticket people, they make money over a short period of time but they almost always lose it because that when you're buying lotto tickets, even if you hit the jackpot, what does the person who's going to buy a lotto ticket do? Buy more lotto tickets. And, and and the odds are just not in your favor to make money long-term doing that. That's why a lot of them end up being broke again, right? So, again, that comes from soul. If your soul is not right, then your actions are going to eventually catch up to you. Impatience, right? Here's how one more way it affects money. Impatience. Impatience leads to watching your money daily when you're investing, stressing out, changing the strategy, saying, oh, okay, we, you know, we did the work on the front end and we built a good long-term strategy, but I didn't make any money this quarter. I think it's time to change up. Well, if you did the work and you built the right strategy, then just stick with it. Don't, don't be impatient. It, again, do the work on the front end. Make sure you fully understand it. Make sure you understand what's going on. And it's okay to get explained on the front end and then forget some principles and then get re-explained. But where it's not okay is to say, oh, okay, I understand the strategy, but I want to go a different way because this is just not working right now. That's impatience taking over and it is a great way to get to the poor house. So that's the garbage in, garbage out principle. On this new deal, let me know your thoughts. Shoot me an email, philip at philipwashingtonjr.com or DM me on uh, direct message me for the, for your, for those who don't know direct message me on Instagram at ask Philip let me know your thoughts I'm gonna do it anyway so you know but I just want I'm curious about your thoughts I need to put this in here for my next book so wrap up here's my wrap up the Saints beat Brady game one I'm so excited about that and the Patriots won their game now listen why you're like well why is that important I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a Tom Brady hater. People, a lot of people hate Tom Brady. I don't hate Tom Brady. I actually, like, from what I, I don't know him, but from what I hear, he's he's not like Jordan. Like, Jordan, nobody liked Jordan. Not even his teammates. Not even his, you know, right-hand man, Scottie Pippen. He, he, does, he doesn't like him. People, but t- Brady's teammates respect him. They like him. They love him. Even that. He, even though he's not playing with them, they still talk good about him. So that lets you know 
that he's a he's a good guy. People who hate him are just haters. They just like to see people fall. But you know, the reason why I'm happy that a we beat Brady because I'm a Saints fan and he was playing us, but that why Brady lost and Belichick won is for years I've been saying, listen, if you give Bill Belichick any top five quarterback, he'd have the same amount of rings because he has an amazing system, right? Football is a, is a team sport. You got a lot of egos, and to get a whole team and the people on the team to to put their egos down and follow a system that's difficult right that but that's that's the reason why if if the if the patriots you know lose a game or two during the season people say oh they're terrible no they love, i mean how many teams win 14 out of 16 games every every year like they they do it so normal that people forget how hard that is at that level right i mean this is the elite level and you don't get that record by having a quarterback who's amazing. Everybody has to do their part, right? And so this is helping my hypothesis. If over the year, you know, the Patriots still are the same team, you know, because they have, they have Cam Newton, who really, Cam Newton's not even a top five quarterback. You know, he's an he's a above average quarterback, but he's not a top five quarterback. But I think they're going to do the same thing with him. It's going to show people, hey, it's, it's Belichick, right? Don't get me wrong. Brady is the man. You know, he's arguably the GOAT, right? I mean, not even arguably. Like, he is the GOAT. You can't take that away from him. But my argument is, if you gave Belichick top five quarterback, he's going to do the same thing because he has the system, and the system is what matters. So I'm signing off. By the way, you can apply that to investing. That's why I love it. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.